Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, Monday. Oh, man. How did we get here so quickly? I don't even know. The weekend was gone, and here we are Monday on the big radio program. Welcome to it, The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the interwebs. Good morning, my friends. Thank you for coming in and joining us. It is a uh, big day of discussion and uh, and and intrigue and unpopular opinions. I guarantee you that's what we're going to be facing today. Some definitely some unpopular opinions that I'm going to lay down for you. Uh, and uh, probably some of you are not going to like me uh, when this is all said and done, but that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm a big boy. I could take it. Uh, today, we've got a lot of uh, talk about some of the latest things that are happening or not happening in the legislature, and I can't wait for you guys to participate in today's discussion as well. Uh, we have no guests today, which is intentional. I want to um, I want to talk about some of the big big stories that are going on out there and uh, talk about some of the things that are happening. And I'm going to open up the phone lines here in just a bit and invite you to call in and share your thoughts on it as well. Uh, we can uh, we can have some of those conversations and uh, discuss everything that's going on this morning. But like I said, today is the day for. What is sure to be amongst some of you an unpopular opinion, and um, that's just that's just the way it's going to be. I know that uh, frequently we also get uh, legislators who are participating in the chat room, and uh, if uh, some of you legislators who are listening already this morning uh, would like to uh, comment on this, I would love to hear what you have to say on this as well. We're going to be diving into some things. These are some pretty heady waters uh, that we're going to be talking about today, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure things are going to be well. I think they're going to be running hot and heavy today. I I, I just get that feeling already, uh, and we're going to uh, kind of go through that. So, uh, phone lines. Mm, okay, I'll turn them on anyway. I'll turn the phone lines on right now, and we can uh, we can I guess we can get started here fairly soon. I'm going to run through some stuff anyway before. I start taking those calls, but if you want to queue up to join the conversation on this bright and early Monday morning, uh, feel free to do so. The number to call, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, if, you would like to, uh, if you'd like to participate in the conversation. Again, just know that I'm going to, it's going to be a bit, it's going to be just a bit here before I get to the phones. And uh, and we'll take some of these calls and and uh, talk about some of the stuff. 
Um, so big, uh, big questions on the election home front. Uh, how many of you have received your your uh, uh, your uh, uh, ballots in the mail? How they were sent out last Wednesday? How many of you have received those ballots already? Um, I have received no ballots as of this moment. I got five, five. There's five of us uh, in my household who are eligible to vote. Four of us, five of us. Anyway, none, zero. Uh, I know my mom and dad talked to them yesterday. Uh, mom got one. Dad did not. Uh, my sister, she got one. Uh, my brother-in-law did not. Uh, so wondering, you know, if these all went out at the same time, kind of what's going on here. Uh, I got a text message yesterday from a uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine who's also a listener who said, explain this to me. He said, here's my ballot, and um, here's another ballot that, uh, that can't apparently – both ballots, different uh, orders. Uh, now, that's, I guess, easily explained in that they randomized the ballots um, as far as uh, as far as you know who they are or where their names appear. Although ironically, it seems like they only randomized the first portion of the ballot. The rest of the ballot appears to be pretty much in uh, alphabetical order. And I found it interesting that on one ballot, Nick Baggage was at the top, and on the other one, he was at the bottom. Um, it seems like they've randomized only the top and the bottoms of the ballots. I, I I don't know yet. I haven't seen mine. But the two that I have seen, it appears that that is, uh, that is the case. They didn't change any. It's like they, it's like they take the top four or five um, uh, names on the ballot, and they – Drop some of them to the end and bring in the other. It's anyway, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, so anyway, be on the lookout for your ballots here as they arrive. And you may want to be, um, uh, you may want to be, you know, extra cautious. As I said with mine, I'm going to be taking all mine and uh, we'll be collecting them all once everybody's voted. And I will be hand delivering them to the division of elections rather than waiting for them to go back through the mail because, you know, each. You just never know. I don't want my mail truck to burn up and lose all my votes. Um, I mean, not like that could happen, right? You know, that's that's what it's all about. Um, anyway, so uh, be on the lookout for your ballots and keep an ear to the ground. Uh, make sure that you get them, that you track them, that you do whatever you're going to do with them. Um, Must Read Alaska had an interesting piece up talking about uh, everything that was going on in the state of Alaska election, and she had several photos that had been sent into her apparently ballots going out to people who lived outside who are no longer Alaska residents still receiving ballots I mean they've moved to another state they're not eligible they're voting in another state um, and doing everything else and yet they're still receiving ballots and another uh picture in here of uh of five ballots one of whom actually belonged to the person who was at that mailing address and and deserved to vote the other four ballots. <clears throat> no bueno. No bueno. So anyway, it's uh <clears throat> it's interesting to uh to watch this all said and done. The article specifically was talking about Alaska's vulnerabilities. Um it quotes uh, Captain Seth Keschel who travels around the country giving presentations about election integrity. 
And uh, he looked at Alaska's election systems and found a couple different flaws. One of them, which uh, we have uh, considered and discussed on this show in the past, is the permanent fund dividend automatic registration, where it continues to inflate the rolls. Um, and it allowed the Division of Elections to automatically register every person to vote who was over the age of 18 and applied for a dividend. The problem with that, of course, is that not everybody receives their dividend at their place of residence where they should be registered to vote. Some people received them at offices and everything else and thereby created a conundrum where they had two different names on the rolls, uh, could have been voting in different districts, et cetera. It had a lot of unintended consequences. And uh, that is uh, that is part of the problem. Uh, there are far more people registered in uh, to vote in the state of Alaska than there are eligible voters, in part because it's easier to register people than it is to legally have them removed from the uh, from the uh, from the voter list. Uh, the second problem he outlined was ranked choice voting. Um, the it, it basically is a method that favors. Uh, a lot of the incumbents in Democratic strongholds, according to Keschel, and allowing those who are more on the fringes to market themselves sometimes as moderates to win. And the third danger he talked about was mail-in voting, which, of course, we've already uh, talked about some of the pitfalls of that as well. Um, and so, I mean, we've got – I mean, there's even an article in the front of the Anchorage Daily News today that says, why does Alaska have a 106% voter registration rate? Well, there's a – that's a question, isn't it? I mean, isn't that uh, isn't that the problem? Um, why do we have a hundred and six percent voter registration rate? Because we haven't cleaned up the voter rolls, and uh, we haven't done it for quite some time. Definitely, definitely problematic to say the least. Um, the big story. Uh, well, I got some behind the scenes baseball that I do want to talk about, but I guess I'll talk about the big story right now. The big story is that Representative David Eastman has been removed from the Republican caucus yet again. Um, and it is um, pretty much, it, there was no single instance that they said was the reason behind it. it overall, it was the, uh, I think it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, he is going to be removed from the House Rules Committee and an Ethics Committee, but will keep all of his other committee assignments. Um, but he is uh, he is now out uh, of the Republican minority. Uh, that was after more than two-thirds of the caucus members indicated they were in favor of him being removed. Now, <clears throat> immediately... Uh, I saw that there were calls, you know, Christopher Kirka and Eastman were the only two that voted against it. Everybody else voted for it. Um, the, um, uh, you know, the, the immediate backlash was that, well, nobody was conservative enough for to, to be able to run with David Eastman and, uh, uh, and everything else. And uh, that, you know, he's being, he's being done dirty on this. And, um, uh, th this factors into something else. This is something that, that came out. This whole thing came to a head, I think, over the issue of the uh, amendment process during the budget. This is when um, uh, when uh, uh, Kevin McCabe uh, and, uh, and, and uh, Ben Carpenter and others put forward that they should table a bunch of the amendments 
that were being put forward that were essentially intent language amendments that were just talking points uh, from people like Eastman and Kirka. And that raised a bunch of a backlash. Uh, and that just continued, this whole thing has continued to, to basically disintegrate since then. Um, the biggest thing was, uh, let's see, at Laddie Shaw is quoted in there saying that the minority finally said, they said, enough is enough. Uh, noting that the freshman members of the caucus were instrumental in the decision to remove Eastman. And this all comes back kind of to the scorched earth task, uh, tactics that uh, he has used in the past. Uh, and something that probably many of us don't uh, aren't familiar with and don't know about, and that is the FACL, which is the uh, uh, which is an organization <clears throat> that is uh, dedicated in part, to um, uh, to you know, supposedly creating more conservative opportunities uh, in in government. The Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership is the name of the organization, and they got dinged by the Republican Party uh, during the Republican convention uh, last not not week at week uh, two weekends ago when it was in Fairbanks, and. Um, I think in part it was because of the tactics that FACL uses for this. And we're going to take a pro-con uh, approach to this here and talk about both sides of it. But let me just let me let me let me just say this. Um while I agree with the position that Eastman takes on a lot of things, um the scorched earth policy that is used is uh I think problematic. And doesn't get and, and and does nothing more than I think doesn't get the work done and alienates other members who are trying to do similar things. Um, and that's not going to be uh, and look, it's not going to be a popular opinion with some of you. And God love you. That's your right to believe one way or the other. Um, I see this as being a bigger problem. Uh, I mean, here with the Republicans, it's faculty, But as a libertarian, I've faced this for a long time where there are many libertarians that I've had conversations with. Uh, over the course of years that say, uh, you're just not libertarian enough. Um, you know, that there's there's kind of that means test that it seems like a lot of, you know, libertarians are famous for kind of uh, circling their own wagons and shooting in. We're doing the circular firing squad thing. And, uh, and I've seen that and I face that. And I think it comes down to, uh, I think it comes down to uh, essentially, the difference between theoretical and practical, and we're going to talk about that here in just uh, in just a moment, and uh, we'll continue those discussions, and then we'll take your calls on it as well. We've already got one call on hold who's been on hold for a little bit, but we're up against the break, so we're going to talk about this, and we're going to come back to it. How about that? The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll continue with more here in just a moment. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. We'll return right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Michael 
Okay, you guys ready for a um, contentious morning? I guarantee you it's going to be contentious. I can already see some of your comments in here. Okay, stop normalizing being a communist. That's what Harold said. I'm normalizing being a communist. So, just in case you want to, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. McCabe can't be bothered with David Eastman's insistence of following the law and don't fund abortions. Well, McCabe did vote not to fund abortions. You know that, right? I'm just throwing that out there in case you didn't know for sure. Um, all right. Um, let's see. The ballot I got had 48 people to make a single choice. Had to place you sign and add your ID, witness, sign, and date. Yes. Um... If you want scorched earth, maybe you ought to talk about minority members walking Eastman's district against him last cycle and pouring $100,000 into his district to defeat him. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's is that is that uh, was that scorched earth because somebody else wanted to run against him? I mean, is the incumbent sacrosanct? I mean, what? How many times on this program should I should I have I said that every incumbent should have a challenger? And if somebody wanted to pour money into a challenger, does that make it scorched earth? I mean, I'm just asking. Um, what the heck kind of cup are you drinking from? It's a water bottle. I don't know what kind of cup you're drinking from. It's a water bottle. Okay. Um... And we're back to herding cats. <laughs> uh, uh, good morning, Mike. Are you going to apologize to Sarah when you get her on about bad-mouthing her behind her back and being so lovey-dovey to her opponent, Nick Baggage? Um, I was never bad-mouthing Sarah. I was laying things out like I see it, uh, Herman. If that offends you, uh, I can't control that. Um, I pointed out the problems that I thought that uh, Sarah was bringing to the table. Uh, Republican nobility has always hated Eastman. Um, as a former legislator, says Colleen, I know how destructive working with Eastman can be. If you can't be 100% with Eastman, then you're no good to um, right to life and fackle. Yep. Um, that, I think, is uh, that, that's a, that's a portion of the problem right there. Uh, let's go over to the phones. I've got one line on hold. You've been on hold for a while. So let me uh, see who this is, and we'll get uh, we'll get a name and figure everything out. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Buenos Dias. This is Brady from Las Vegas. Hey, Brady. Uh, you want to hold on a second here, and I'll be right back to you? Yes, sir. All right, hold the line. We'll be right back to you here in a hot second. Uh, yes, theoretical is wanting to do in the neighborhood the parties four nights in a row. Practical is to call the authorities and let them handle it, except they don't see a back claim. I'll, I think I'll mow my yard all day long. Okay, <clears throat> I don't know what Laura's talking about, but I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Um, scrolling backwards here just in case I missed anything. Um. Let's see. Tiffany Zolkowski may or may not be running for her seat. The sap that got fired from the marijuana board, Mark Springer, filed for House 38. He was just fired from ONC for cutting checks to all the nonprofits he wanted to give Native shareholder money to. 
Uh, okay. Division of elections is simply starting with a different name at the top. That's normal practice for printing ballots to prevent a person from having two, from having an advantage. Okay, so di- different names at the top. I thought they were going to be completely randomized, but I haven't. Uh, I I I guess I hadn't really paid that much of it. I guess there hadn't been forty eight names on the ballot in the past, so I didn't really know how to. I had nothing to compare it to. Um, all right, we are 36 seconds out from returning to the radio, so I would ask that you like and share this uh, video, like and follow the show page, uh, make sure you hit subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube, uh, and we'll uh, we'll go from here. Uh, don't go anywhere. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. Thank you for being with us this morning. It's Monday. It's going to be a beautiful, say it with me now, it's going to be a beautiful Monday going to be a beautiful Monday. It's going to be a great day. Say it with me. It's going to be a great day. All right, let's get back to it. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Uh, We're about to dive down into this. And uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, this bone of contention that's going on inside the legislature. And uh, we'll take some discussions on that. But first, we've had a line on hold here for a bit. Brady is in Las Vegas. He wanted to sound off this morning on something. Good morning, Brady. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning, Michael. Uh, I wanted to sound off the. I see that the... You got the ballots going out in Alaska, and there's not going to be any signature verification or matching. That your state is over with. Dominion Software is what stole the election from Trump, and nobody even spoke up against that. And just what happened in France with the election last week? If you look at all the ballots that they're they're examining now, they all have a tear in them. Because Marie Le Pen probably won that election. But they find, they find good ways to kick out the ballots, and then they adjudicate them, and then they enter the information into the computers, and then they manipulate the vote. And because I, Joe Biden definitely did not beat Donald Trump last year, or two years ago. Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the mail-in voting system if those are run through the Dominion machines, if they're hand-counted or anything else. Um, you know, w- one way or the other, this, I mean, this whole new voting system is, uh, is kind of new to everybody at this point. Um, but, uh, I can imagine that there's going to be, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of new procedures that they're going to put in place. But as you did say, there is no, there's a signature line and there's a signature verification on each ballot, but there's no way, and there's no provision in law to double check that. Uh, so that to me is a little bit concerning, uh, in the long run. One other thing you brought up the ball, uh, the voter rolls. You auto you automatically lost when you have six percent over what the total is. Most elections are within one or two percent. So you, the people in Alaska right now are allowing. You're automatically going to get all Democrat people. You already get a Democrat governor right now, Murkowski. She is horrible. What is wrong with you people electing that Murkowski? She's like the Romney of Alaska. Senator, she not governor. Right. Senator, not governor, you meant, right? 
whatever, we're worthless, worthless people, worthless. Yeah. And you know what I hope happens? You know, if they keep arming uh, Ukraine, which is a violation of NATO, and they keep poking the Russian bear, he's going to nuke Brussels, Belgium. He's going to nuke Brussels. He's going to nuke Paris. And he's going to uh, uh, nuke Italy. He already just said that about a day ago. So right. keep it up. All you people want to arming Ukraine, good luck, because that guy is a Jewish Nazi. Look it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, Brady. You and I both disagree on this for sure. Um, I think arming Ukraine is the only answer to uh, putting uh, to putting the uh, the Russian uh, war machine back into its place. Personally, uh, but I appreciate uh, appreciate you giving us your thoughts on this. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, let's dive into this. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, this whole thing with uh, with Eastman specifically. Um. All right, let me let me first let me clear my head here. Let me let me tell you what my thought has been for a long time uh, about Representative uh, Eastman and the way that he conducts business uh, in the in the legislature. I find myself agreeing with David Eastman a lot of the time, probably eighty five percent of the time. Um, I find myself in complete agreement with Eastman. The problem is. Uh, is in the way that he does uh, in the way that he does business, and this has always sat in the back of my mind, and I've I've had a hard time articulating it in the past. Um, but it has been very apparent to me uh, that a lot of times, while Eastman believes that things should be a certain way or things should go a certain way, and he's taken some strong stances. That uh, while I have agreed with, I have not agreed with the way, again, that he's executed them. I've always gotten the feeling that Representative Eastman uh, has very much been um, been seeking the, I guess I would say, seeking that spotlight. You know, the whole thing that even bad press is good press, you know, any press is good press, even bad press kind of thing, that he kind of revels in the status of the um, of of the pot stirrer, that he revels in that idea of uh, uh, he just got an article written about him because he'd said something contentious and uh, in some cases kind of reprehensible. Again, even though I believe and and I agree with some of his base premises, uh, the way that he says things, I've always had this feeling that he relishes the pariah status that's just been my personal feeling that he really kind of likes that position he likes to be combative and being combative with uh you know with say the democrats and the more liberal uh you know components of the legislature i guess it would be one thing but it seems like a lot of times what's going on is that instead he is being more contentious with members of his own party. Like there's some kind of purity test that has to happen. That uh, if you are not as pure as me, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier um, about being, you know, the libertarian and when I, when, I, when I circulate inside of libertarian realms or libertarian circles, you know, a lot of times we get into these discussions and the whole commentary or the whole implication is, of course, well, you're just not libertarian Enough, and I see more and more of that happening um, in the Republican Party in Alaska. Well, you're just not, 
you know, you, you may be for this, you may be for that, but you're just not Republican enough or you're just not conservative enough. And and what's happened is there are certain components of the Republican Party, um, especially those uh, on the, uh, uh, you know, in the David Eastman, Christopher Kirka camp who have gone after other legislators who are conservative in nature. Maybe they're not as conservative as Eastman. Maybe they're not as conservative as Kirka. But instead of working with them and working together with them to try and find that common ground and pull together and yoke themselves up in the same cart, so to speak, to try and pull and wrest control from the rest of the legislature, instead they vilify and they attack and they get their base going and they, and they, they unleash the hounds, so to speak, on legislators who are in their camp, who are on their team who are trying to do things. This whole thing over the intent language, uh, that the, the, the amendments to the budget that were going to be discussed and the tabling of a whole slew of different amendments, those amendments, which had, which again, a lot of them just had intent language. They had nothing in them other than intent language. They didn't have any part of law or budgetary parts or anything else. They were basically a tool to allow people like Eastman to get up and to demagogue for God knows how long on the floor to basically mini filibuster things that are out on the floor and say things and not and 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 basically go back to what I was just saying before. Look at me. I'm the I'm the one that's stirring the pot. You want to look at me. And I know that's not a popular opinion. I know a lot of you are probably screaming at your radio right now that Eastman is the savior of the world and he can do it all. They just get out of his way and let him do it. And the problem is, it's not true. Because nobody is pure enough for the work that Eastman wants to get done. And that's pretty obvious here. Now, the whole, the discussion and the kind of the revelation, it's not revelatory, it wasn't like it was secret, but... The fact that there is this organization, you know, FACL, what we were just talking about, which is the uh, um, which is the uh, foundation for uh, applied conservative leadership, that it is a it's a training organization. It's not an organization per se. It's a training organization that goes out and trains conservatives. I'm using air quotes here. Conservatives. And to find ways to pass laws. Now, the argument is, oh, they're just telling people how other people voted. Lance Roberts had an article in Must Read Alaska that talks about this. He is he is on the defensive side of FACL. There was two articles. Lynn McCabe wrote one. Lance Roberts wrote the others. Um, Lance Roberts writes, let me tell you what the number one principle that FACL teaches is. Inform constituents of how their officials vote. Yep, that's all that happened, and that's what they want to stop. They want no one telling their constituents what they're doing in the Juno bubble. They publicly stated, excuse me, they've stated publicly before they are voting with an eye towards elections not to hold up the conservative principles they campaign for. And I don't think that's it at all. Uh, having somebody say how somebody voted is, I, I don't think that's the problem. The problem is, is if it's a vote that the people who are adhering to the faculty teachings are are uh, uh, um, are bringing out, it's not just that they say, oh, this is how they voted. It's that they say and they come out and say, well, they, they voted this way and they're evil. 
they voted this way and they are no friend of yours. And they voted this way. And in fact, they publish disinformation. I mean, they, they stretch it so far that it becomes lies and innuendo. It, and it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a not-so-secret whisper campaign that goes out against those conservatives. It's basically motivating the public to force these conservatives to get in line with this other one conservative who decided that he has the uh, right of it, that he has the way that you know, he knows which direction that the, uh, that the wind should be blowing. And it's a, it's a shame campaign that they're not Republican enough, that these, that these uh, elected officials who aren't voting with the, uh, you know, with the, the FACL-approved legislator that they're not voting enough in that way. And so it's a shame campaign to try and pressure them and browbeat them into basically uh, towing the line. And even if it was 100% right, even if the FACL legislator was 100% right in all things, the fact that you would use the uh, the you know deceit and innuendo and this whisper campaign to try and push somebody... I just find really offensive. And I guess the question is, are these legislators really wanting to make a difference? Or is this about a little bit of the look at me scenario? This is out of Lynn uh, McCabe's article from Must Read. And I think it lays out some of the facts that most people may not hear about. Because all we hear is, oh, David Eastman's doing it all. He's, he's And again, I agree with Eastman on 85% of what he's trying to accomplish. I just don't believe and support the way that he's trying to do it. But he says, they, she said this, the facts, however, defy the city. She goes, a simple review of much of these faculty-affiliated lawmakers' legislation does, in fact, expose a lack of will for these bills to become law. It is the two faculty-trained legislators who are not doing the necessary work. Missing from most, if not all, of their legislation are other elements required to move it along. There's no sponsor statements, no sectional analysis, request to the committee chairman for hearing. Some of these bills, which are being used as bludgeoning tools against other conservatives, were introduced as far back as spring of 21. Their lack of action on the bill that they filed leads one to ask why they were put forward in the first place. Legislators know that if they sign on to legislation early in the process, they run the risk of being associated with legislation that morphs into something else during the committee process, as those in the majority are likely not friendly to their cause. Regarding the budget amendments last month, one faculty-affiliated legislator was the sponsor of over half the amendments. 47 of the 88 budgets amendments came from one legislator, and 19 of those were intent language only. Amendments work from the legal department is not free and the cost of the state is significant. One of the budget amendments that factual advocates had used in wielding their attacks was an amendment aimed to strip the pay from the commissioner of DHSS if the state funds were used to pay for abortion. Any legislation that is designed to target a specific employee in state government for punishment is unconstitutional and violates a separation of power clause. Had it been constitutionally viable, it would have been rendered moot by the passage of the prior amendment, which provided that no state money could be used to fund abortions anyway. So again, it's like it's the flag of look at me, look at what I'm doing. Even though I'm not really getting anything done, at least I look like I'm doing something. 
And this is, again, this has been rubbing me raw for a long time. And I've tried to put it into words, and I have failed miserably in the past trying to put my feelings out there. But like I said, I can look at it now and say, I understand the the philosophy of what they want to do. I understand where they're coming from, and I agree with it. But it does matter how you get things done. That That is the important part to me. So anyway, um, we'll get more into this and we'll take your calls on it because I'm sure many of you disagree with me. And that's totally fine. You're totally fine to do that. Um, I would just say that I have seen and talked to enough behind the scenes folks, legislators and staffers and people who have worked in this to understand that, you you know, you have to at some point you kind of have to pull together. You can't be the lone wolf who basically, again, runs around with a flag saying, look at me and all the work I'm doing which gets nothing done. But uh, we're going to get into this. I'm going to take some calls on the other side of this, so if you're on the line, don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more here in just a moment. And take your phone calls on the Pivotel call-in line at 907-433-3100. I'm sorry, 3150. 907-433-3150. Back with more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Okay, we're in the break right now. Um... Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Brady, uh, if you continue, if you throw up any more anti-Semitic stuff, you're going to get the boot, buddy. Keep your, keep your, uh, keep your, your, uh, your bigotry to yourself in that regards. I don't care if you want to support Vlad, yada, 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 but uh, no anti-Semitic behavior. Otherwise, uh, you'll get the boot. Okay. That's fine. Ben Carpenter said, Eastman is our colleague Copernic. Great talent, but toxic to the team. Relationships matter. Uh, and I agree with that. I think that that's a perfect analogy. Um, the disruptive actions of David ruin my admiration for having the brightest legal mind on the floor. Uh, that's the thing. I agree with him on a lot of his positions. Uh, see, that's what kills me. And instead, it seems like he revels in the chaos he revels in the antagonism. And if it was, I guess if it was antagonism targeted only at Democrats, I mean, maybe that would be one thing. But the problem is, again, the whole circular firing squad thing is what kills me. Um, let's see. Um, I think when Eastman wouldn't play ball, we got Bryce Edgman for speaker. I like Eastman, but he needs to remember that he's not the only one charging the machine gun. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Um, Eastman was the sticking point on the minority on the majority formation a couple times, and that's how you did end up with that. I mean, that's what Laddie Shaw was talking about. Fackel is a boogeyman. Okay, I mean, uh, again, um, it, 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 I'm just saying that their policies of the outing and the um, I don't want to say chasing the persecution. I mean, how, how do you want to how do you want to put it? 
Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling backwards. Scroll backwards. Scroll backwards. That's a completely bogus argument, says Matt. Okay. Um, I've been to faculty classes, and I'm not sure what his scorched earth tactics people are concerned about. Uh, Michael, when you preach changing the players, do you want more Eastmans or fewer? Um, if we could get more people that had the same philosophy and were willing to work together without, you know, without scorching their teammates, I'm all for it. But what good does it do to change all the players if they're all basically out, you know, if you don't agree with me, then I burn your house down kind of thing. Um, Eastman is the troll of the legislature. (laughs) Um, uh, let's see. He's an alligator doing what alligators do. He's just too scorched earth. He wants things exactly his way. However, he does have some very excellent policy positions. Again, I agree with that. That's. I mean, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, listen to this, guys. He's trying to get you banned from YouTube. Voting Chris by, so in the end, I have a list of conservative candidates to rank without ever ranking a Democrat. Yep. Um... FACL isn't even a group. It's a school that teaches citizen activists the same tactics used by big corporations, unions, and special interest groups that lobby the legislature. How dare individual citizens express their opinions to the legislature? That's It's not about expressing individual opinions. Uh, it's Eastman's fault that Republicans caucused with the Democrats. Um, I, um, I would say that that was a part of the division that allowed that to take place. I'm not going to lay it all at Eastman's feet. I don't think that that's fair at all. But uh, anyway, um, Alaska, right? To, this is what they do, says uh, says uh, uh, Angie. She just posted something to the thing here. I'm looking to see what I'm looking to see what was being said. Well, that link is taking forever to come up. Um, still not up. Okay. Let me clear this all up, says Harold. He's got it down. He knows it all. Uh, the Alaska GOP isn't delivering for Alaska families in the 2022 election. will be a huge blue wave. Okay. Uh, if you say so. Um, all right. Why is Kevin McCabe conspiring with pro-abortion Democrats? Babies are murdered here. That's what this website says. Um, use the life of conception weapons and act revenge against the right to life and representatives Kirkman's and Eason. Um, he voted for the defunding of the, the state, the funding of state funding of abortion. He voted for that. Um, many Republican legislators claim to be pro-life, but are indifferent to the plight of babies waiting to be born while some Republicans actually advocate for abortion in some or all circumstances. Yeah. Babies are murdered here. Big picture of Kevin McCabe on top of that. Yeah, I'm sure. It's the... Okay. All right. Well, we'll. I'm sure we'll get into that uh, when it's all said and done. They are adding to their list on the website you can't open. They do petitions just to get names and information. Never sign any of their petitions, says CJ. Oh, man. Um, all right. Let's... Uh, Let's uh, continue here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
All right, you're ready to go. Let's um, let's continue on here and uh, see what you have to say. Um, I got one line on hold. Oof, they've been on hold for a while. Sorry about that. I got bloviating. So I guess we'll go over there first on the Pivotel call-in line. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, where are you? Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Michael. This is Mike from outside of Fairbanks. How are you? Good, sir. How are you this morning? Very good. Uh, Mike, I was just following up on last Thursday. I had a question to ask Mr. Beg- uh, Dr. Begich. Did you ever ask him uh, uh, why he uh, was not appearing on Alex Jones anymore on Friday? Yeah, I actually did ask him that. Um, it was during one of the commercial breaks, but I asked him, and he said, well, that, unfortunately, that was not him. That was his father, Nick Begich Jr., that was the regular guest on the uh, on the on the uh, Alex Jones thing. Uh, he had never he's not appeared on Alex. Wow. Jones. Yeah. So it was his father, and uh, he did say that he his father and himself were still partners in that mine, and they were making it move forward. That was the last thing he said about that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't catch it because you did it on commercial break. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. And oh, you know, one more thing, Mike. Didn't Lisa Murkowski start the uh, stealing the vote by mail-in ballots by being a write-in candidate? Well, I don't think she had, you know, I don't think it had anything to do with mail-in ballots. Um, she did have a full write-in campaign with the support of uh, of many of the Democrats and the, and the uh, Democratic establishment. Uh, in fact, they threw their own candidate, Scott Adams, under the bus that year and basically started telling people not to vote for Scott to go ahead and vote for Lisa. Uh, that's That's what happened in that case. Oh, okay. I thought it was from uh, she sent out massive amounts of absentee ballots to the villagers. No, no, not to my knowledge. All right. Thank you, Mike. Great show. All right. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you calling in uh, and joining us. 433-3150. If you would like to sound off, uh, Representative Ben Carpenter was in the chat room and he said, uh, he said, David Eastman is our Colin Kaepernick. Great talent, but toxic to the team. Relationships do matter. You have to work with people. You can't always go it alone. But again, some people revel in that kind of martyrdom status. And that's, you know, and, and again, while I agree with David Eastman on most of his policies, that's always been my problem with him is that he's been so contentious, so combative, so confrontive that you can't get anything done because it's more like that the that it's not the ends justifies the means, it is that the end it, that the means are everything that he has to stir it up to get to show that he's doing something to get that feeling in there. And I know some of you disagree and you know and, and I appreciate that. Um but this is what I've seen for years, and I've mentioned it in passing several times, and in fact, I think the last time that they that he got kicked out of the caucus, we had a, a discussion on this that was similar, but it was never, I, I've never been able to articulate it um, to my own satisfaction, I guess I'll put it that way. That again, I agree with the guy, but you've got to work with other people, and sometimes you don't even like the other people that you work with. Maybe they don't hold the same absolute beliefs that you do. But that doesn't mean that you destroy them and their reputation and you unleash your, you know, you unleash your 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 supporters or your fan base on them. 
Because again, you have to work with them. And, and and again, this is part of the problem that the legislature I think has had is that those those feelings, those pains, and that uh, that uncomfortableness that people get is one of the reasons why he keeps getting voted out. I don't think it's because they've all come together and said, you know what, we're just not as conservative as we need to be, and we don't care anymore, and we're just going to kick Eastman to the curb. It's that it is so, it's so vitriolic. It's so poisonous to try and deal with somebody like that who will not uh, work with you and, in fact, throws himself in front of the crowd and beats his chest and says, look at what I'm trying to do. And look at everybody around me who's, you know, he puts himself directly in the path of the arrows and then complains that he got shot kind of thing. But again, it's just my opinion on it. And I know it's not a popular, I mean, I looked at the must read article, the must read article, man, you should, the, the comments on here are just, oh man, he's all right. And all these other people are wrong and every, and except, you know, when you look around and everybody's saying that he's the problem. And he's the only one saying that everybody else is the problem. Maybe, I mean, I don't know where you come from, but where I come from, that gives me pause to think about the one guy that says everybody else is the problem when everybody else says he's the problem, right? It makes me think and makes me pause at least and analyze what's going on. We have to work. It cannot be a one-man rodeo. It cannot be a one-man show. Let's go back to the phones. 433-3150 on the Pivotel call-in line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Michael. This is Melissa in Fairbanks. Hello, Melissa. Hey, I was wondering, where did you get that number you threw out a while back about what the statutory dividend uh, should have been according to the formula? Where, is there a website that you found that? Uh, no, that was quoted. I uh, can't remember. That was like last week that I did that, right? That you're talking about when I talked about the statutory amount? Well, you may have mentioned that last week. I missed that. But you said it a couple of uh, months ago, actually. It was like $4,200. Yeah, forty. and I think it was a number that I had pulled. I think at that point it was something that I'd gotten from Shower or something. The Department of Revenue had come up with a – uh, a target number, what you know, based on the old formula, this is approximately give or take a hundred bucks what it would be, and yeah, it was forty-two or forty-three hundred dollars if they went off the old formula of the five-year rolling average of the earnings of the uh, of, of the permanent fund itself. Okay, because I, f- I feel really happy about the thirty-seven hundred, of course, because it's closer to what the you know what the formula should have been, um, but I just. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, Dunleavy's gouging the system and, you know, it's trying to follow the law. And if we're going to follow the law, then let's follow the law. Yeah, no, so, I mean, we should be following. I, I didn't know where that came from. Yeah, no, we should be following the law. Yeah, those numbers came out of uh, a request that I think the legislators had put forward, a couple legislators had put forward to say, just give us an estimate. If we were following this statute, what would it be approximately? And, uh, you know, and it was yeah, right, right, right out about I tried, 40. Hmm? Yeah, I tried to look it up online and I didn't have hours and hours to spend sifting through sites, but I couldn't find anything that would, you know, would show what the formula is because it's a really simple formula. I know that. Right. But I couldn't find a site that showed what the formula was and what the projection was for each year. I know it, those have been out there in the past, but I kind of feel like that. You know, we're all being treated like preschoolers, and if we don't know, then, then you know, it doesn't matter how much it is or isn't. 
because we just don't know and we shouldn't know that kind of information. Right, right. Um, well, Melissa, that's, that's not my opinion. I just I feel like that's how we're being treated. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, the formula is in statute, Melissa, uh, and it essentially the form the old formula is that it was a five year rolling average of the earnings of the permanent fund. They would take that and they would take uh, the percentage out of that, uh, the five year rolling average. And it was the formula actually says something about twenty one percent of the previous year, yada yada. But it essentially was a five year rolling average, is what it was. So thank you for your call. We're out of time for this segment. we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind to one another. People matter. Okay. Let me go back here. Rhinos in the minority want Eastman to give them cover, says Chris. And he's not going along with it. I guess that's one take on it. Um, uh, let's see. We didn't send these people to Juno to have a freaking love fest. Get busy. Well, the problem is you can't get busy if you're all fighting each other, right? I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> the legislature hasn't been able. It's got to change this year. The legislature hasn't been able to get anything done again because of these tactics. Um, all of us voted with David many times. I voted for the amendment or the bill, not the person carrying it. Others, however, will vote against any amendment from David, no matter how germane it is or how good it is for the state. That is a problem. Again, you, you know, you don't have to be beloved, but you've got to have a little bit of winning friends and influencing people when you're dealing with 60 other individuals. Um, uh, let's see here. What a mess. That's pretty much it, Sandy. What a mess. Another right to life ad paid to try and tear down McCabe. That's what Eastman and his ilk does. Ilk. That's an ugly word. The most disheartening thing that is the Alaska right to life group is Eastman's mouthpiece. He set them against me and others previously. When I mentioned the Alaska right to life guy's name to a Democrat, he did not know who he was, said Kevin. Um... If you are polarizing too much one way, you just alienate folks who you should have more conversations with. I agree with that. Um, Ben. Oh, yeah. Taking pot shots at Ben. Okay. Uh, Off topic. I joined Twitter. Trying to get the hang of it. I'm following Elon Musk. He is so hilarious. He totally made an idiot out of AOC, though that's not hard to do, but his tweets are very interesting. I, I I have a Twitter account. I've had a Twitter account for years, but I hardly ever use it. But I do occasionally go on board and just read some of Elon Musk's tweets because they are pretty epic. They are pretty epic. Um, back in 2017, when Tammy Wilson was in the Republican minority, they had 134 amendments to the operating budget on the floor. They put up one hell of a fight, which did legwork that exposed issues that the state should not have been spending on and helped the Senate where the Republicans were in the majority and who were about to receive the budget. This year, there were 87 amendments. Carpenter on House Finance put up a single amendment. Okay. Um, he's trying to gum up the works until they do what he wants. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that I think is part of the problem. Maybe do a show on Elon Musk. <laughs> Uh, 
Um, MD, boot him. I don't know who you want me to boot there, Rick. Um, let's see. Uh, say yes to a constitutional convention. Let's call it what it is. It's the ginger factor. No matter how right Eastman is, he'll always be the Republicans' unwanted redheaded stepchild. Well, again, behavior does matter, right? I mean, working with others, it, it's almost a prerequisite. I mean, you could go it alone, but you can see exactly how effective that is. If you if you didn't want to work, you know, with the people that are down there, then I mean, that's you know. Um, Democrats work really good together. Republicans have to fight each other. They better start working together or we're going to lose Alaska. That's always been the interesting thing on this whole point to me, Susie, is that the Democrats are very communal in nature. They are very much the kumbaya people. That You don't see this kind of infighting, generally speaking. It's happened occasionally. But with Republicans, it's like a, it's like a I mean, that's the spectator sport of the Republican Party, right? And, and 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 maybe it's because we are rugged individualists versus the whole you know communal uh, kumbaya crowd that uh, you know the t- it takes a village crowd instead we're like the we can do it ourselves crowd but even when we can do it ourselves we we need to work together with others even if we don't always agree with them and see this is the whole thing this is what I see as part of the problem in America today is you got people who are on the far right and people who are on the far left and nobody wants to deal with anybody. They don't even want to talk to each other to at least have a discussion on where they could find some common ground in their in their beliefs. But, I mean, it, it, anyway, it's... Uh, anyway. Um, Juno is so dramatic. Ridiculously so, says Catherine. James says that Fackel's being used as a scapegoat. Many have been to faculty classes, including Lynn McCabe, Carol Carmen Shower's wife, uh, Mike Cronk, Rob Myers, many, many from all over. Okay. Uh, I don't know is that, I mean, again, I don't think anybody's saying that, that yes, faculty does put out many classes. But they're, again, using confrontational politics, which is some of the language that they use in, in, their, in their training. That's part of the thing. And then if you get somebody on top of that who's not only into the confrontational politics, but again relishes the role of the martyrdom, then that's the problem. The problem with the Alaska Republican Party is that the vast majority of registered Republicans are very conservative, but the leftist Republicans have been holding the majority hostage for years. Well, I've always said that the problem with the Alaska Republican Party is the leadership in the party has let a lot of things go that they should not have. And I would agree with you that the majority of registered Republicans are conservative. The problem is, is that they're not getting in there and working together with other conservatives to make something to make some changes in the Republican Party itself. It's a microcosm of what we're dealing with in the legislature right now. If we've got a problem, fix it. You can't do it alone. You got to step up and and work the work the problem. But like I said, not a popular sentiment. I understand that completely. All right, we got to go. Um, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is the Michael Dukes Shallow. Uh, show, 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 shalom, shalom. Good morning and welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate you uh, uh, being part of the program today. Uh, we're continuing on here just a couple more weeks. What, the 15th? Is it the 15th that this, it's supposed to end? Uh, I think it's the, let me look at the calendar. Uh, 18th, 18th, 17th. We're two weeks away, essentially. Two weeks away from the end of... Of the session, and we are uh, ready to uh, take a look to see what uh, our legislators have brought us. What have they brought us so far? Well, not a whole lot. Uh, $2,350 is what the House would like to pay us for our uh, for our dividend and an emergency uh, energy relief check. The House... Excuse me, the Senate is a little more uh, 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 giving, I guess, $2,500 plus the energy rebate check. So you know it's going to be less than that. That would have been about $3,700. But uh, regardless of where we're at, uh, it's going to be less than that because it still has to go to conference committee. And when it's all said and done, we'll still have $4.4 billion in surplus when it's all said and done. But no full PFD for you. No, no full PFD for you. And on top of that, um, we've got things going on down in Juneau that make my skin crawl a little bit. We really didn't hear too much about this. I actually got a call on Saturday from one of my friends who works down in the offices in Juneau uh, talking about some of the things that just took place in uh, in uh, Mia Costello's committee on what, what uh, I forgot. I just immediately I had it written down and I don't have it in front of me. What committee it was. Anyway, Mio Costello was a chair, and it was HB 55, which is the new bill that creates a defined benefit program for the first responders. And uh, they were holding it in committee because it's going to be a very expensive bill. I mean, it's the one, you know, the uh, defined benefits are the one thing that have basically bankrupted a lot of different companies and, and caused states to have serious problems. We ourselves have had a serious unfunded liability issue with our own defined benefits program, and they want to reinstate it. And it is, uh, and it is sitting in the, it was sitting in this committee. Well, apparently, Josh Revac. Got together with um, uh, got together with a couple of his fellow legislators, including another Democrat, and rolled the chair. They pulled a Rule Forty Eight and they pulled it out to place it on the floor for a vote. 
in what I can only assume is a politically motivated maneuver, because I don't think it has a pants of uh, a real a chance of passing on the floor. Um, uh, but he will now be able to tell, and in fact, he was already, even before that they'd pulled it out, he was already bragging on social media and through his various channels that he was out there protecting the law enforcement and the firefighters and their other first responders by getting them what they deserve. I mean, this is what's going on. Senate Labor and Commerce. Thank you, Jake. Senate Labor and Commerce. And they rolled the chair. He 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 got to got together with some Democrats and and it and and rolled it out of the chair and rolled it onto the floor. Again, to be able to take political points for what's going on. On top of that, where is he, by the way? Because apparently he hasn't been spending a whole lot of time in Juno since he announced that he was running for Congress. He's instead out running for it's gonna be interesting to see his per diem report. Let's just put it that way. I mean, the they're it's going to be interesting to see what his per diem report looks like when it's all said and done. But yeah, you don't hear a whole lot about this. He he again pulled a whole, uh, you know he he did it the whole thing. Uh, from what uh, uh, from there was an article on it. Oh, I missed that. Was there an article on that? Uh, I didn't see that, David. You'll have to uh, you'll have to point me at it. He said David says from what the article said, Revac did it for union support to aid his failing his flailing campaign. Yeah. Well, that it's exactly, it's very much a political maneuver. That's exactly what it is. Which I guess is not something that I should be surprised to hear from Rebeck. So, anyway. We have been talking in the last hour about um, the removal of David Eastman from the Republican minority. And I have been espousing a very, a very unpopular belief that um, David Eastman needs to learn to play well with others. That while I agree with Eastman probably 85% of the time, I disagree with his tactics, which includes the beating of the breast martyrdom and the unleashing of his his, uh, fans and crowds and minions on other legislators that don't agree with him. As we've seen here recently, with uh, Kevin McKay, but it's been done in the past as well to others. And, um, I, you know, again, you you got to learn to play. You can't do it alone. You can't go it alone. And uh, I find it, uh, I, I find it, I find it interesting to say the least that uh, this is the, you know, this is the direction that people have gone. And again, that's not a very popular opinion. You speak ill, and, and I'm not really speaking ill. I'm just putting out what I feel and what I think. But if you speak ill of David Eastman, man, they will come for you, baby. Just go to the must-read article on on that and look at the comments in the must-read article. Vicious. Uh, what hypocrites. Uh, I totally agree with Lance. The rhinos in the establishment Republicans are total fascists. I agree they're hypocrites because they are held accountable by GOP voters. And it's a, I mean, it's it just... And the few people who make a comment about it, uh, he was smart to not. It's smart to not have him in the minority caucus. I wish they'd done it sooner. As the saying goes, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And Eastman has drugged the Republican caucus way uh, too long. Has drugged them down. He's the strongest one who works for his voters. The status quo is not representing the people, just themselves. Again, it's it's easy. It's easy to see this. Oh, boo-hoo, you don't like Eastman because he doesn't play well. Oh, I'd rather have him in there. 
I'm glad he's my representative. Great. A representative who has gotten essentially nothing accomplished except, again, to stand in the in the way uh, of all the arrows and then cry when he got struck by the arrows. Right? Again, I agree with his philosophy, but it's just the way you've got to do things have got to be done a certain way when you're working with a body of people. If you're doing it alone, do it your way, man. If you're doing something that only requires one person, get it done. Go out there and do that. But when you have to work with other people, uh, there there has to be a little bit of synergy there. And you can't, you know, you can't find somebody who doesn't agree with you and go and burn their house down. You you didn't agree with me? Well, fine. Let me just unleash the hounds on you. I, I just pointing something out that you disagree with them is fine. I don't like your I don't like the cut of your jib, buddy, and I don't like the way you voted. And I think you should have voted with me. Okay, great, that's one thing. But to unleash this kind of whole mechanism on people and create a smear campaign and and uh and and ascribe things to them that they didn't do or didn't say or, you know, uh, to impugn them, that's not helping anybody. That doesn't make anybody want to come play in your court. So <clears throat> Anyway, it uh, uh, you know not that this is the only not that this is the only thing happening down there. I had hoped that this week we'd take a whole turn on looking at some of the things that have been done by the powers that be in there, including Bert Stedman and Natasha von Imhoff. Bert Stedman's whole new tactic, which seems to be picking up steam in other parts of the uh, legislature, with all this uh, uh, with all this uh, um, uh, you know. Uh, what are the contingency languages? Oh, we'll pass this and this law will pass, but only if this other law passes. If it doesn't, then it becomes null and void. Oh, so you want this? Then you got to give us this over here. I mean, there's some of that stuff is just oof, oof. Um, all right. Uh, sounds a lot like changing the players to me, says, says, says Chris. Hey, I guess if we got a whole legislature full of Eastman's, Everybody would be it could be kumbaya and uh, and move forward and be happy and uh, and do everything they want. The problem is is that they're not all of one mind because they're people. And like I said, I I said right off the gate, I said right out of the bat on this thing, this was not going to be a popular opinion. Many people were going to be upset with me. Ah, uh, that's okay. Um. All right, phone lines are open, 433-3150, 433-3150. You think I'm wrong? Hit me with it. Come on in. Let's talk. Let's have a discussion. I want to see I want to see what uh, what what you have to say on that. 433-3150, the Pivotel call in line, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. Uh, speaking of SatelliteWest.com, they are also the procurers and the distributors for the Bivy Stick, which is one of the sponsors here on the program. I don't know if you have seen the Bivy Stick, but it's this little teeny tiny device that turns your cell phone into a short burst data device, which means that basically you can send text messages and emails via the Iridium satellite network. So from wherever you are, if you can see the sky, you can send a text message to anybody, anywhere. You can send an email. You can send a pinned, Dan, pinned map location. I am here. 
It's got a little button on it for sending, you know, check-ins. If you're out and about, you're hiking, you're biking, you're four-wheeling, you're snow machining, you're hang gliding, you're parasailing, you're 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 wakeboarding, you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. You have the ability to let people know how you are and what you what what's going on. It's even got a little emergency button that you push on it, a little red button. And if you push it and says, "Hey, I've fallen, I can't get up, come help me," this is where I am. It has regular aviation and marine weather forecasts. It lasts for five continuous days on a on a single battery charge with with regular usage, and it's only a hundred and ninety nine dollars. hundred and ninety nine bucks. No activation fees. Plans as low as fourteen bucks a month. Why do you not have one of these in your emergency kits, your bug out bag, your go in the glove box of your car, in the uh, in the center console of your boat? Why don't you have one of these? Because this will give you the connectivity you need to make sure that you and your loved ones are always safe. Cellular congestion, you know, where the cell towers get busy or some kind of disaster where they go down, Bivy is still up and rolling. B-I-V-Y, Bivy, the Bivy stick, you can find him at SatelliteWest.com. Again, only $199 with no activation fees. You can find out more at SatelliteWest.com. You can go to your local dealer, Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer, uh, Communications North in Seward, and the Safe and Sound locations in Wasilla, Anchorage, or Soldotna. Thank you to Bivy Stick and Satellite West for sponsoring the program. Go check it out. $199. It's good stuff. Um, all right. I got one line on hold. I guess I got time for a quick call before I go to break. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael. This is Melissa from the Valley. Hey, Melissa. What's on your mind? Um, I got a call to stick up for Re- Representative Eastman. Um, I absolutely love him. My family loves him, and I will send him back every single time. And the reason why? He never compromises his principles, Michael. Where every other Republican has, does, and doesn't accomplish anything. So he doesn't get anything done, neither does anybody else. But at least when he comes back home to us and we look him in the eye, we know he stood for the same principles we elected him for and that he is not going to kowtow, he is not going to compromise, and he's not going to lie and play politics. And Sarah Reinbold, same thing. Every one of our PFD defenders gets attacked, gets uh, all those things going after them. And either we throw them to the side or we start standing by our principles and our people and we actually start standing up for ourselves because the Republican Party in Alaska sucks. I mean, they're losing Republicans daily. I've been voting for them since I was 18. I'm about to walk away from them and become a libertarian because why, Michael? What are they doing? (laughs) They're endorsing Lisa Murkowski. Right. Like they gave her award last year and Vine Omhoff. Well, no, no. Let the meat cake lady got an award the Republicans, I, I, let me just clarify, the Republicans are not endorsing Murkowski. She's been censured but uh, uh, by, by no, the No, Repu- but last year she won an award from them. Oh, did same she? With, same with Ivy and same with um, Vine Omenhoff. Well, they, they, they presented her as great women as Republicans, okay. Michael. Well, I'm, I'm as a woman, I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, said, I've said it for a long time. The Republican Party has definitely got some issues here in the state. They are probably, you can probably point all fingers back to what we've been facing over the last 10, 15 years to the Republican Party itself. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that feel this way about David, uh, Melissa, for sure. Uh, but at some point, do I mean, we, we have to be able to work together. 
Uh, if somebody doesn't agree with David, uh, and maybe it's on, maybe it's not necessarily even on a point of philosophy, but maybe it's on the way of getting things done. Should there be a scorched earth policy on that, or should they be able to work together? Well, how much do we compromise on our side? We've given a lot. I mean, look at our PFD right now. How much have we given and compromised? We're always willing to come to the table on our side. So at, at what point do we say no more? We've given enough principles. We've given enough of our, our, our morality to your guys' compromisation to where we're not even on our side anymore. We're literally over on your side. And that's, I mean, that's not a compromise at that point. We're right. literally joining their side well you know and again if that's if that's the position that that you and many others take with eastman is that basically there should be no compromise nothing else we take a line in the sand we draw it and that's where it is and you stand there and just do it just stand there then that's a valid that's a valid political maneuver and you're welcome to vote for him and everything else i got no problem with that and that is totally as a constituent your right to do so my question is is does it help does it get anything done does it move the ball forward well, this is my thought. Has um, Wilson moved the ball forward when he compromised? Did Ryan Bull and any of them move the ball forward when they compromised? They didn't move the ball forward at all. We lost ground. So why not have someone that actually stands by his principle? Because it comes to this where we're going to have to draw a line in the sand. We're already talking about a constitutional convention because our legislators right. won't listen to their people. Well, and I think that's the bigger point here is that we get with a constitutional convention, we're going to have to hold hold the uh, hold the line here, Melissa. We're going to talk to you during the break. But I am up against it. We've got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. All right, sorry, I had to uh, I had to go to break. I was up against a hard break there, Melissa. I'll give you the final thoughts on uh, on the word. But yeah, I mean, I I totally appreciate you for giving me the last bite there at the apple. But this is just my thought: is you know we we've got showers. He's working harder than probably any representative senator. I mean, in the the, the whole legislature, and he he's been compromising with him. He's been trying to play ball, play fair with him, and he can't even get reports that are public. This is why I'm like, no more. Stop trying to play nice with these. These are the, the, the kids that take the ball every time they lose and don't even let you play the game. Walk away from the game. Let's change the game. Here's, Stop trying to change the players when the rules are crooked. Sure, sure. Let me just say this. Um, if um, uh, here's, here's how I would play it um, in, in that regard. If I wanted to, to draw a line in the sand and, and take my – uh, and, and take the stand and basically have a no compromise stand. I would still want to work with those people around me to bring them to my cause, to bring them to my cause and to show them the way of it and to work with them. And that just doesn't seem, I mean, this is not just me, Melissa. This is not just a single legislator. This is, I have talked to dozens of legislators, dozens of staffers over the last four or five years in dealing with this. And the bottom line is, is that. There has to be, if you want to be a leader, there has to be a bit of winning friends and influencing people in your style, right? And that just doesn't seem to be what he wants. He just basically wants, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to beat my breast and say, look at all the hard work that I'm doing and all these other people, they're just toadies and uh, and they're just turncoats and they're just everything else. But I am the, I'm the one that's got the purity going on. If you're going to be a leader, you're going to have to work with those people around you who are supposedly on your side. Now, maybe they not, maybe they aren't all, maybe all of them aren't, 
but you need to be you need to draw them and maybe that's something that he needs to work a little bit more on is on the leadership aspect of this to bring people to his cause instead of just standing there beating his breast Well, I, I agree, but then at the same time, I watched them get singled out. Like, him and Reinbold have been singled out from day one. Like, the stupidest thing, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Why are we even talking about that when Alaskans are, like, facing extreme hardship? See, this is where my thought is, Michael, is, you know, as a legislator, I get what you're saying. We need to be mature adults. We need to be able to get everybody together and unite Alaskans. But if the other side doesn't want to unite, they only want to engulf our side, they're not willing to compromise with our side, then they're not getting anything done. Any of those legislators that are up there compromising, they're not getting anything done. In fact, our goalpost on our PFD has been moved further and further down the line. I right. think we are losing this battle I, instead of gaining anything. I would agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing that we have been more willing to compromise than the left has and, and consistently across the country that has happened. What I'm saying is we need to show the leadership amongst ourselves to be able to come together and say, if we're not going to compromise, we all need to be together and we need to work together in ways to make it happen. Not when one person steps out or two people or somebody doesn't agree with you that you burn their house down. That's what I'm talking about. Well, in that sense, it could be applied to Eastman, too. Don't don't burn his house down because he doesn't agree with them. We need changers in the legislature. We well, need more Eastmen, honestly. Well, okay, we need if, more free thinkers that aren't going to caucus and be like, well, because the unions and the special interests put so much pressure on us again, we're going to just uh, give away everything for the Alaskan citizens. I mean, that's like what we're seeing year after year is the failed compromisation. Right. Um, I would again say what I said earlier, which is when you have everybody around in a, in a group of people and everyone saying, this one person is causing irreparable harm and, and is, is the problem. And that one person is saying, no, 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 I'm not the problem. Everyone around me is the problem. Uh, it makes me question things. But didn't, yeah, didn't they say that to Mia Costello? Didn't they say that about Reinbold? Didn't they say that about um, just about anyone who didn't? fall in line. I mean, they don't like what they do. They strip them of their chair street, they, their, their, their chair um, seat. They, they tell them, listen, you're stepping out like, like Louise Stout, how she addressed Pratt. That's how our side gets talked to. The yeah. other side gets to go, oh, well, we're, we're not all here today. So we'll call a, a mass Right. Rule on these well, three senators. No, no, I'm so not saying. I'm not saying that their areas are not great. I I appreciate your call, Melissa. We're back up against it. Got to go. The Michael Duke Show. All right, uh, phone lines are still open. We actually just spent most of that break talking to Melissa. And she makes some valid points about the, you know, compromise. Now, politics is the art of compromise, but it seems like in this day and age, it's only the conservatives who end up doing most of the compromising. We saw that, for example, with the PFD when they decided, okay, well, we'll will come off the full PFD and say it's a 50-50, and they immediately move the goalposts, the, the Dems immediately move the goalposts to 75-25 instead of 50-50, and w we could see that. 
Uh, my Again, my point is, is that if everybody is going to be in the no compromise situation, then they all have to work together to create a united front. And if you've got a bomb thrower in your midst who basically doesn't like the way things are being done and uh, constantly, you know, blows up the uh, blows up the unit integrity, so to speak, of uh, of his team, then that's then that becomes. I mean, this goes again back to the whole Copernic thing. You know, lots of talent, very disruptive, and uh, they're all trying to you know they're all trying to pull together to a common goal. I saw somebody say something about, oh well, you know, they, it's they they got vested interests. They've they've sold themselves to the uh, they've sold themselves to the special interests. I, you know, I find it hard to believe that that some of the people that I, I have had working relationships or working knowledge with for many years, and for you to say, oh well, they're of course they've been bought by special interests. What? I mean, I, these these folks have a deep belief on how a lot of these things go. I don't think it has anything to do with special interests. Again, just because they're all trying to reach the same goal but in different ways doesn't make their way wrong. But again, I said from the very beginning that this was going to be an unpopular opinion. So not not shocked at all that that's where people are at this. Um, yes, Eastman is a distraction. And that's true, too. Uh, but again, when somebody l- <clears throat> when somebody loves that kind of attention, that's what you get here. And again, I fully believe, and, and I've always I've always kind of thought that about Eastman. Uh, that again, while I appreciated his perspective and I and I was in agreement with most of his philosophies, it seemed like the method by which he tried to attain these things was the distraction. It's like he wanted to be able to demagogue up there and 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 say, you know, I'm the victim here. I'm trying to do the right thing. Everybody else is wrong. It's been that way for years. I've never understood that. But maybe that's just maybe that's just me. All right. Uh, 433-3150 over here. Pivotel calling line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael, it's Kevin McCabe. How are you? Hey, Mr. McCabe, how are you? What's going on? Well, you know, just thought I'd call in and comment. Here, here's the deal with this. None of us dislike David. In fact, most of us in the minority caucus, I would say all of us, agree like you do with mo- the majority of David's um, positions. He, his, he is an ultimate conservative. He's just like uh, most of us. The problem, as you said, is the process, getting there. And I I don't think that David really wants to be in our caucus. I think that he um, votes against us most of the time, even on decent amendments. He's very principled, and I applaud that about him. But when we are principled for our districts, he doesn't like that. So he's very principled, but you have to follow his principles. And if you don't, he doesn't like that. So, um, yes, this all came to a head with the tabling of the amendments, but it started years and years and years ago, um, maybe four, five years, six years ago, when David wouldn't vote for Dave Tallarico, and that put Edgman in in the seat, and that created all kinds of problems. Right. No, and and again, I think that 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 has been part of the problem all along, that people are making their votes for their districts based on what their districts want, and that may not be the same 
beliefs or the same things that Eastman's district wants. I mean, that's the, that's the thing to remember here is that each individual legislator is serving the needs of their own districts. That doesn't mean that you can't all work together, right. though. I'm sure you've probably worked with people that you would rather not uh, while you've been in, in the legislature. I'm sure you've worked with people that you've disagreed with, maybe not on the direction of where you're going, but on the method by which you're going there. But that doesn't make everybody bad people. Well, it doesn't mean that you unleash the, the the dogs of war on them and you know, and tear them apart and attack their character and do everything else. I mean, I just find that I, I find that crazy. Again, the the whole circular firing squad thing. Right, and then, you know that's the you know, I am as pro life as it gets. I believe in life at conception, and everybody's going to say, "Oh, well, he's just saying that." Well. Isn't that what David does? Because David's, I tried to pull one of David's bills out of committee the other day, and it's not complete. It's not done, and it's a bill that we were all relying on to be the life at conception bill, you know, the criminalized abortion bill. And right. everybody's relying on that, and he hasn't done the work to finish it. So, you know, there's so much that I see. I mean, I the comments in your chat room, obviously, there's been a bunch of phone calls made, and all of the uh, pro Eastman folks are there. And I'm pro Eastman, but. He, we just can't work with him. He doesn't want to work in our caucus. He doesn't want to vote with us. You know, there's just, um, there's just so, uh, Ben Carpenter had it exactly right. It has just become so toxic um, with the attack dogs going after me, just like they did. Uh, it's uh, the right to life guy, Pat Martin, who's gone after Shelly and Delena and Sarah Vance and George Rauscher. And I'm just the latest in a long line of targets. And, you know, he's my constituent. If he'd call me up and he'd say, Kevin, I don't agree with what you're doing. Stop doing that. I would listen. But when he sets the right to life group against me, a, a concept and an issue that I am in 100% lockstep alignment with, and they do it because of, as you mentioned earlier, the, the uh, tabling of one amendment, um, which 36 other people voted for, by the way, voted for tabling it. Um, you know, that becomes an issue for me that I, uh, that I need to correct. And, you know, all my caucus is saying, just ignore it, just ignore it. It will eventually go away, just hide under a rock and, and Pat Martin will go away, but it's just not happening. So I feel like I have to stand up. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, again, uh, conspiring with pro-abortion Democrats, babies are murdered here with your face plastered all over it. Um, I know you, we've had discussions about abortion. We've had these things. You, you voted, you voted against the uh, state funding of abortion, and I just don't understand how all of a sudden they can lump you in with people on the other side um, and and think that that is truthful, uh, you know, in that regard. Because you you tabled one right. amendment, and uh, so I yeah I'm I'm my head is my head is spinning on that. You know, and remember, you, tabling is a procedural procedural vote. I made the motion to table. I didn't table it myself. That's not in my power. Alaska. And we agreed to move those down to the bottom so that, uh, you know, just tabling them and we'll try to pull them out later if there's time. We wanted to get the budget complete and done. And I know James Squires is in there and his wife is David Eastman's uh, staffer, so I'm sure that he's not in agreement. I'm all over his website as well as being... Uh, I think he, he used a big swear word across the press release that Carpenter and I put out. But, uh, you know, the, the point is, is people don't understand is we didn't get elected to blindly follow David Eastman. We got elected to follow what our constituents want. And, 
you know, that's, uh, that has to be acceptable to those that are not in our districts and not at our constituents, such as James, who's on there hammering me about the railroad, which my constituents want. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to follow James Squires into oblivion or am I supposed to follow what my constituents want? Well, and again, my comment to Melissa, which was on leadership, if uh, if what if what uh, if what she says is true and Eastman, you know, is just going to be principled and he's not going to compromise a single thing. If it's if, you know, as a leader, he should be drawing people to him instead through his actions. It seems like all he does is basically cut the cords to everybody and um, and 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 put the boots to him instead of trying to draw everybody together. I mean, if somebody wanted to be comp- be be a leader and not compromise, and bring all the other uh, legislators with him, that would be one thing. But you've got to have that leadership, and the leadership includes working with the people around you. And if you instead don't and just want to uh, th- you know, throw yourself in front of all the arrows and then say, look at me, my God, I'm full of arrows. I can't believe that they did this to me. That, <clears throat> to me, is uh, self-inflicted. Right. And, you know, the, the part of the problem, as I said, I don't think David wants to be in our caucus. I think he... Uh, may have even designed this so that it did blow up just before election so that he gets a bunch of press. Certainly not my intent because I, you know, I could, I could live with not being elected again, but the point being, you know, David, I've asked him before, Hey, how are you going to vote on this? Well, I don't know. Well, wait a minute, David, you know, you're on our team. We should know how each other is going to vote before we get to the before we get to the floor, I've been held accountable for not supporting amendments that David, that David had that I didn't even know he was going to put on the floor because he doesn't talk to us. He doesn't tell his, his caucus what he's going to do. He's very secretive in that way. And um, that's a problem if you're working on a team and you know, that's, that's David's style and I get that and he can do that as he wants. That's his, that's his absolute right, but it doesn't bode well for working on a team when you don't know which direction your teammate is going to go and you can't count on his vote. Right. Well, and that's the thing. The bottom line is, is this is a team sport. It's not individual. Uh, I mean, you can try and go it alone, but you accomplish exactly zero when you try and go it alone. Um, and that's, I think what we've seen here. So anyway, Kevin, uh, thank yeah, you. And then, you know, go ahead. I just want to make sure, you know, none of us are dumping on David. It's just that we have to move forward for the state. We have to quit focusing on ourselves and all of the, everything that's going on in the house and start focusing on the bills for the state. We have less than three weeks left. we got to work on state issues instead of all this other kerfuffle, if you will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for uh, coming on board and joining us. We are up against the break. We've got more coming up. We're going to be back in just a moment. One final segment. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you want to sound off on this, feel free to do so. 433-3150, one way or the other. We'll see what you have to say. We'll be back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
Okay, we're in the break now. Let me go back here and read some of the comments in the chat room. Um, people still want to hear what was tabled. Once you table all those, you can't get them back off the table. They can come back off the table. They just require a vote of the body to take them off the table. Stop it. Why aren't you hammering American Stutes like this? Unbelievable, unbelievable. This is a hit job. I'm appalled, says Renee. Well, we have talked about American Stutes like this. But this is the news of the day, and so that's why we're talking about this now. As I said early on, this was not going to be a uh, this was not going to be a popular opinion amongst some of you, and that's just that's how it is. Bad show, bad bad show, not productive. Bad show today. Alaska's being invaded and destroyed, but turning to this stuff instead. Idiots, Herman says. We're all idiots. Um. Eastman is acting like a trial lawyer. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Team, question mark, why does he feel the need for secrecy, question mark? That is also a good question. I, I agree with that. So easy to badmouth someone who cannot defend himself on this show, says Herman. David Eastman's been on this show before, and I'm sure he'll be on the show again. Um, and it's no secret to him that I have said to him that I agree with him on his policy, but I disagree with him on his execution of the policy. So that's not a big secret either, Herman. Uh, and if Representative Eastman is listening, he's welcome to call in. Oh my gosh, are you listening to yourself, McCabe? I'm not hearing you bitch about American students like this. Is it team sport? He has, though. He has in the past and others have in the past. I mean, I, I, did they kick him out of the caucus? Can someone answer that? Yes, they kicked him out of the caucus. That's, I mean, it's right there in the, it's right there in the ADN. You could see exactly, I'll post the story here. This, they kicked him right, they kicked him out of the caucus. There's the story. Uh, And here's the other story. This is the other, this is the other take on it too, as well. Um, So yeah. Uh, So yes, they did. They kicked him out of the caucus. Uh, uh, Well, that doesn't make sense. We need to focus on Alaska, says Marie. Exactly. Instead, we're getting caught up into these one-on-one battles instead of working in that direction. Eastman functions as a coward, not a hero. It's sad because I don't think it's cowardice. I, I, I disagree with that, CJ. I don't think it's cowardice. Again, I think it is a need for the, uh, I think it's the martyrdom. I think it's the attention of look at what I'm doing here. Look at what I'm doing. Regardless of whether it's actually getting anything accomplished, it's look at what I'm doing. Um. <clears throat> Working with your team is important. I agree. Um, uh, okay. McCabe just lost all my support. Zero loyalty. Okay. Um, yes, you can get the amendments off the table with the support of the Democrats. That's what it took to table the Democrat votes. Uh, okay. Ooh, this That would be a good idea. Have Eastman come on and get his perspective on it. Uh, the East, the East, and the West, and the West. Um, King Kong Kevin is now the gatekeeper for conservative agenda. Get your approval from McCabe before you move your ideas. Uh, that's not what he said, but, I mean, sure, run with that. They kicked him out of the caucus so they could get things done. Fewer votes always help get things done, right? <clears throat> Uh, Eastman was the only one that went down and tried to learn about the election fraud, says Jonathan. And what did he come back with? I'm just curious. I'll wait. Um, all right. Like I said, I knew this was not going to be a, 
I knew this is not going to be a fun show for some of you, um, but it is what it is. Like I said, this has been bugging me for a while. Uh, and in fact, my last conversation with David Eastman <clears throat> left me feeling this more than more than ever before. And um, and like I said, I agree with his positions. I just you, you've got you've got to find a way to bring people along with you. Uh, Marit is pronounced Barrett. Burette? Marit is Burette. Marit is pronounced Barrett, but with an M. Marit, Norwegian name. Sorry, Marit, if I, is that, if that, was that right? Muret? Because I've never seen the word Burret either. So I'm hoping that I said that right. Muret. Okay, we'll try it. We'll try that on for size. Hopefully I said it right. Um, the Dems are not going to let those back off the table. They watch it happen. Good old boys. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, well, we're about 45 seconds out and I know there's a lot of you out there, uh, who, uh, agree or disagree with this. I see there's a lot of agreement in the chat room. There's a lot of disagreement in the chat room. I don't know if it's maybe 50, 50, maybe it's a little bit more on the disagreement side. Uh, than on the agreement side, but, uh, you know, give me your thoughts. Sound off here. Let me know. Um, I will read some of these comments as we uh, come back into the final segment of the show today, and we'll see what what is happening. Tomorrow on the program, uh, Brad Keithley is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about this. We increased the budget. Uh, We've got billions of dollars that are going to be left over and still no full PFD. Uh, Oof. Oof. It's going to be painful painful to watch here we go Okay, welcome back to the program. Uh, final segment of the show today. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh, in this final segment. We've been trying to talk a little bit about <clears throat> some of the challenges that I think the minority is having. And uh, there's there's some angry people in the chat room today. Because I took a position that was probably not popular with some of them. But that's okay. We could still agree to disagree. I mean, I, uh, you know, this does not, the my position does not uh, abstain um, uh, or alleviate the blame on people like Steve Thompson, Bart LeBon, Kelly Merrick, Stutes, Sarah Rasmussen. There's still plenty of blame to go around. Don't get me wrong. But when you've got the rest of the team is there, you, you've you got to all pulled together in the same direction. And that's that's what's going on. Um, all right. Uh, so the working group didn't work well together. How did that work out for us? Well, they did work well together. I mean, they didn't agree on a lot of things. And they philosophically, they were all opposed. But in the end, they worked it out over just a, ser- a series of just a few short weeks. They worked out a lot and came together, even though they all... Uh, were you know philosophically you know there's a, the, it was like the most politically diverse group you could find 
And then, of course, the powers that be in the legislature decided to not bring any of that stuff forward. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I, and again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make this a personal, um, hit job on anybody, uh, you know, Eastman included. I'm just pointing out what I see and what I've seen for many years and trying to articulate it in a way that makes sense. Like I said, I agree with what he's trying to do, the ultimate goal, the end goal. I just disagree with how he's trying to do it. Because the how matters, especially when you have to work with 17, 18, 19, 20 of your fellow legislators to really get something done. That's the problem. Um, anyway, sure looks like a hit job, says Renee in the chat room. Okay. I mean, however you want to take it, I calls it like I sees it. That's just, that's how I've always done it. I've been critical of people in, you know, in, on my side of the political aisle just as much as I have been of other people on the other side of the political aisle uh, in that regards. Um, let's go over here and see what uh, you have to say on the Pivotel call-in line at 433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, Mike. Greg and Homer. Hello, Greg and Homer. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I... Uh... I like what Eastman does, but kind of like having a rock star quarterback that beats on his players so bad that they won't play for him. And I think that he stepped over the line, and maybe uh, with all this little slot job he got, maybe it'll wake him up. He maybe go back and play play uh, nice with the team and and uh, win win some cuts back. I, I, I'm. I'm not surprised this happened because you can't freight train people all the time and get away with it. Right. No, I mean I think your I think your you know, foot, I, I think your football analogy hits the point of saying if you've got a star quarterback who wants to do it, I mean you've got he's got to have his all his other teammates to take the line across the ball or take the ball across the line. He can't yeah. he can't do it on it. He can't run the ball every time himself. Yeah. Well, so say I'm the coach, I get a. Uh, quarterback like that, I'm going to bench him, and all of his parents, constituents, and the whole team's family is going to be upset with the coach. But you got to teach the kid a lesson at some point, because if he doesn't learn it, and he can't figure out, if you explain it to him why you did what you did, and he catches on and figures it out, he will be way better for it, and of course, the whole team will be better for it. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents worth for today. All right. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate I appreciate you calling in. Uh, let's go over here to this call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carlene and Kodia. Hello, Carlene. Um, I'm listening to the conversation, and I feel well. There was a in Reader's Digest. You know, they have humor in uniform and sure. other humor stories. But there was a proud mother watching a walking band walking in a parade and she goes oh isn't that sweet my son is the only one in step (laughs) um, (laughs) got it (laughs) true true i mean that's kind of what that's kind of what we're looking at right that's kind of how i'm seeing this yes this feels very 
divisive oh, and it, in friendships and yeah. in homes. That doesn't work. And it feels like I'm proud of uh, the minority group. There's a group conscience working here. And then I feel like David Eastman may be correct about a lot of things, but he has not learned how to let go yet. You, you, you present what you need to, but then you have to leave, leave it be. Right. And then I found that nothing forced ever works. That, that just doesn't work, Michael. Right. Well, I, I appreciate your wit and witticism. As always, Carlene, it's good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. Sure. All yes. right. Uh, let's go over here. Another phone call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. Lee out of Denali. Hey, Lee. Well, I uh, applaud the fact that uh, you have a position because that's why I listen to you. And at least you sparked the conversation and all the leaf lickers that don't like to have their feelings hurt over somebody bringing something to the table. Maybe they need to look in the mirror and figure out why they got their feelings hurt to begin with. <laughs> the other side of it is, is when you have these politicians that they bring things up, they don't want to work together, or they constantly bash just one thing without looking at all the other peripherals that have an effect as well then I don't think that they're productive. I don't think they're helpful. And most importantly, they're spending our money at a breakneck pace while they illegitimately claim they're going forward. Again, my hat's off to you, man. Keep it going because that's what we need. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Lee, for your call uh, and for calling in this morning. That leaves the lines open. I got time for maybe one more call, maybe two if we're quick. 433-3150, the uh, Pivotail call-in line. I'm going to go back to two things here uh, as my final thoughts on today. Again, if every if you've got a group of people and everyone in the group says person A is the problem, yet person A goes back and says everybody else is the problem, it it should make you reevaluate things. I'm not saying that it's 100% person A's fault to begin with, but I'm saying you should at least reevaluate it. And then I want to go back and, again, point out the fact that all these bills that got introduced, um, all these different bills that have been introduced over this year and and the last couple of years um, coming from Eastman is, you know, the problem is, is that it's not, all the work is not done. Again, no sponsor statements, no sectional analysis, no request for committee. I mean, they're being used as tools to demagogue on a position instead of actually trying to pass the legislation. He's not doing the work, that part of the work, because that part of the work doesn't doesn't show up uh, to his. He doesn't, you know, they don't see it. They just see that he's putting a bill forward, not that the bill is not done. Eighty-five bills over the past three legislatures, says Michael Cronk, and none of them passing. Forty-seven of the eighty-eight budgets amendments coming forward. Nineteen were only intent language, which basically gives you a chance to again demagogue on the floor for your position, which looks good in a soundbite and looks good in a newscast, but doesn't move the ball forward. That, I mean, I guess that's my whole point here. To me, it's somebody who wants to look like they're doing something and be the hero, but is not willing to do the work and work with other people to move the overall to move the overall mission forward. That's just my personal opinion. And I know some of you don't like it, and that's okay. We can agree to disagree. 
I don't live in his district. If you vote for him, more power to you, militias in, in, in Wasilla and some of the other more power to you. Absolutely. If that's what you want, vote for it. That is your right to do so. Anyway, uh, we're out of time. I just looked at the clock, and that's that's the bell, my friends. I guess we'll see what happens. We will uh, continue our discussions more later this week. Tomorrow on the program, Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Keithley's going to come in. He's got a full analysis now of the budget as it's been proposed by the Senate which includes a huge surplus, multi-billion dollar surplus, and still no full PFD. What is going on? So there you go. Thanks for coming in and joining. Lousiest show in world history, somebody just said. Harold just said in the chat room. But he's still here. Apparently he's a glutton for punishment. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Love one another. Be kind. Live well. We'll see you then. Lousiest show in world history, but Harold stuck with it to the end because, you know, he needs validation. (laughs) And we keep giving it to him every time we repeat his inane comments. That's okay. Everybody needs, you know, got to have a charity case for everybody. All right, my friends. Well... Like I said, I hope you either agreed or agreed to disagree. That's what it's all about here. More conversation is better. Love your show, Mike. You're just wrong sometimes. Hey, you know, sometimes it happens. Thanks for coming in. We will see you tomorrow the Michael Luke Show.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.